hello everyone i hope you all have an amazing day and have been an amazing day as well uh, so welcome back to my podcasting show delve into the past with sanjukta so today we are continuing our season 1 and uh, this is episode 7 uh, so we are going to do something different from episode 7 to episode 8 we are going to divide these two episode uh, and we are going to talk about the same thing but we would like to divide it in a two part because it's a very serious matter we are going to talk about now as we all know that season 1 is all about comic strips we are going to talk about that how those comic characters appear into the screen and here we want to talk about that i would love to talk about that because i always wonder that what characters i have read on the paper they appear they became life on screen how amazing and fascinating they are especially for the children so we, today we are going to talk about how comics communicate on the screen and here we are going to talk about the linguistic similarities and differences between comics and films second one we are going to talk about taxonomy of language used in comics and possible equivalent in films the third thing we are going to talk about corpus and method of analysis fourth thing the modification of dialogue the representation of voice next the representation of accent and the last thing we are going to talk about the representation of thoughts and talking animals there are lots of other things we also going to talk about in our upcoming episode 8 so that will be the continuation of this episode so as we all are uh, known that comic characters in a modern days not only the modern days from the past couple of decades they are appearing on screen and marvel comics and marvel studio are doing great of that so what 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 is the, the whole background we have to understand we have to understand that recent years have seen a large number of commercial successful screen adaptation of printed comic books such as kenneth branagh's thor or the award winning series of batman films most of these screen adaptations of comics like most studies of graphic cinema focus on relatively dark superhero against this background one box office success stands out due to its friendly and positive hero for all audiences and that was steven spielberg's the adventure of tintin which is based on the comic book series tintin by the belgian artist arjo we have already discussed about her the archie comics the young journalist tintin experiences exciting adventure all over the world in the company of his dog snowy this particular chapter pays tribute to arjo's popular comic book universe by investigating the relation between spielberg's film adaptation actually here i would love to give example and i chose spielberg because uh, he loved to uh, give a life to the to, to, he loved to give life to tintin the most favorite comic character i have ever read and i hope that most of the audience also love this character on a next episode i hopefully on upcoming episode number 9 we are going to talk about the 
ट्वेंटी ग्रेटेस्ट सुपर हीरो मूवी परफॉर्मेंसेस ऑफ ऑल टाइम टू से दिस पार्ट इज गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट दी ऑल टेक्निकल थिंग थियोरिटिकल थिंग बट ऑन द बेसिस ऑफ स्पीडबुक्स एडेप्टेशन ऑफ आर जिस कॉमिक सो द फर्स्ट थिंग वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट लिंग्विस्टिक सिमिलैरिटीज एंड डिफरेंसेज बिटवीन कॉमिक्स एंड फिल्म दी जक्सटा पोजिशन ऑफ कॉमिक्स एंड फिल्म सच इज नो एंटायरली न्यू आइडिया एंड of course we can point out that the comic have frequently been compared to films in the literature with some researches qualifying them as frozen film it is therefore not surprising that director steven spielberg should also have used this analogy to describe arch's tinting comics that every single panel it told a story in cinematic term that was i think that means obviously spielberg thing the genius of arch and it was a movie most studies on comic to film adaptation share this quotations focus on both media's prevalent use of image which constitute a particularly salient common feature of comics and films previous research often concentrates on analyzing how the look of individual comics is captured by their screen adaptations for example regarding the use of color or concerning parallels between panels and shots however even if both comics and films are characterized by the use of images one should not overlook that they still really very strongly on the use of language to transmit messages since the analysis of language in comic to film adaptations has been almost completely disregarded so far the present study fills an important gap in research so what we see we see that on a very general level a crucial linguistic difference between comics and films is the former are by necessity restricted to the written medium whereas sound film has the technical means to render both spoken and written language if we talk about the lefebvre therefore speak of the importance of sound in film compared to the silence of comics so how fascinating is is this in spite of this difference comics and films share two other important language related aspects namely that they largely rely on dialogue in order to advance their narratives and that they attempt to stimulate natural conversation and there even seems to be a common preconception that both comic and film dialogue are relatively naturalistic representations of actual spoken language thus students of linguistics frequently suggest studying language based on extracts from television series without being aware of the fact that tv film dialogue is an artfully constructed selective stimulation of natural realistic speech scripted and thus different from the unplanned speech typical of natural conversation for example if we see that negative contractions such as don't are characteristic of spoken style in standard english and will usually occur in the spoken code but they may also occur in the written medium for example in direct conversation in a novel 
we know that conversely the full form do not is more characteristic of the written style and tend to occur in the written medium but it may also be used in oral speech for example when giving uh, emphatic instructions on reading a newspaper article aloud usually however there is an affinity between spoken conception and phonetic code if we apply soul's distinctions to the language of comic books and the language of film dialogue we find that both comic books and film dialogue can typically be classified as conceptually spoken language similarities of the language used in comics and spoken language have been observed in several empirical studies thus readability scores based on sentence length generally qualify the language employed in comics as simple and in the increased use of question marks and exclamation marks in comics characterize their language as conceptually oral following soul nevertheless the special limitations of the individual panel imposed artificial restrictions on dialogue in comics so that this cannot be considered identical with naturally occurring conservation uh obviously there are a couple of points we see that if we talk about the same is true of the language of screenplays which are written in orthographic code supposed to be realized phonetically that is to be spoken as if not written and the literature on fictional dialogue abounds with observations on the difference between natural conservation and televised dialogue since the language used in film has a lower proportion like one obviously the background noise unclear words and deficient syntax second overlaps and interruptions the third false start self repairs and hesitation phenomena fourth one abrupt topic shifts unresolved topics incomplete exchanges and ignored on mission tasks so these are the things the next thing we are going to talk about obviously the taxonomy of language used in comics and possible equivalent in film so what is this this is having discussed general linguistic similarities and differences between comic books and films let us now consider that the various ways in which language occurs in comic books and possible equivalent in film the following overview represent a modification of the taxonomy in santes stockhammer so what is this the very first instance of written language that readers usually encounter in a printed comic is the title of the book or the individual story as well as the name of the author this can be subsumed to be the preliminary matter comprising information about the publisher the date of publication and so on as metadata since metadata involves the use of language outside the comics narrative in the strictest sense it will not be considered any further in the following and by contrast we see boxes containing narrative text constitute an important part of language using comics usually they are placed at the top end inside a panel and can be attributed to a narrator that is not identical with the characters in the comic like suppose we are talking about tintin comics we see that this special status of the brief narrative text is emphasized by the fact that they used a script front uh, sorry script font rather than the print types used elsewhere so what is this we see that the uniqueness that most commonly narrative boxes specify the time 
or location of the new panel in relation to the preceding ones. Occasionally text boxes may be used to indicate that a character from the story is speaking from the off but this tends to be signaled by additionally enclosing the text with quotation marks and by using introductory omission dots since this communicative situation tends to involve the continuation of a turn began in a previous panel. The most characteristic use of language in comic is the direct speech of the character depicted in a panel, generally integrated into speech balloons. We have already talked about this speech balloon in our very first of the second episode. This shape of the balloon represents the sound quality of a character's voice, thus spiky outline signals scream, as we all know that that person is screaming on a book. Thin, broken lines signal whispers and curvy outline represent internal speech that is thoughts occasionally there is no balloon around a direct speech for example when a character produces a long monologue whose precise content is unimportant and on the gradient towards background noise the type of lettering used may also convey a message as when a wavy font in a speech balloon marks a scene song notation the iconic lettering is particularly notorious in onomatopoeia such as gra or wam which are usually superimposed on a picture and may employ spikes or red color to indicate dynamic. These words which are widely regarded as highly characterized of the language of comics represent sound such as peep of young birds. So these are the fascinating things we must talk about. Next thing we are going to talk about the corpus and method of analysis. So what is this? Before as we all know Arch's death we were talking about the Tintin character. Steven Spielberg the rights to make a live action film from his Tintin comic book series. Believing that this particular director could best convey the atmosphere of his comic book in the filmic medium. And that's why Harji granted Steven Spielberg the right to make the film. Spielberg's 2011 film The Adventure of Tintin is based on a script by Stephen Moffat, Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish which combines the storyline of a Tintin adventure extending over two albums, namely The Secret of the Unicorn and Red Dragon's Treasure. However, the plot was modified considerably. While rarely alluding to the second of the two volumes, the screenplay of the film integrate large parts of yet another Tintin comic book and that was The Crab with the Golden Claw, in which the character of Captain Haddock is first introduced. Such modifications are not unusual for comic book adaptation as few of the screen versions respect meticulously the storyline of a particular comic due to the fact that each medium has its own laws and rules and that some elements may work wonderfully in a comic but can it function in a context of a film in view of the different narrative length norms of the two medium script writers usually have to leave out some sense and 
add other so as to be more truthful to the spirit of the original work. In the Spielberg's film Modified Plot, the young journalist Tintin buys a model of the ship Unicorn at a flea market and refuses to sell it to several men attempting to buy it from him immediately afterward. As we all know that Tintin's flat is broken into and the Unicorn model is stolen. Later Tintin finds out that a parchment had been hidden in the ship's mast and had fallen out and rolled under a chest of a drawers when the ship had been toppled by his dog Snowy prior to the burglary. And the parchment were mysterious message in one of three which placed together against the light reveal the place where a treasure is really hidden. Tintin is later abducted to a ship where he gets to know Captain Haddock, the descendant of the captain of the Unicorn, who once sank the ship with the treasure, and they live several adventures, eventually defeat the villain Ivan Ivanovich Sakharin and unite the three pieces of parchment. It turns out that the treasure is hidden in Marlin Spike Hall at the Haddock family's home. But a cliffhanger at the end of the film suggests that the Tintin and his friend Captain Haddock will soon embark on the hunt of an even large part of the treasure. So for the empirical study present here, the film was watched closely after the detailed reading of the three original comic books and all passages that were similar enough to allow a comparison where transcribed manually. Furthermore, Spielberg's screen adaptation of the Red Reckon's treasure hunt was occasionally contrasted with the use of language in director Stephen Barnes Point's animated cartoon series from 1990s. Due to the dialogue nature of comics, one might generally have expected that most of the comic book dialogue could be directly copy-pasted into a film script, but Spielberg's Tintin adaptation, however, has such a different storyline that there are hardly any of the original situation left, and they are sometimes similar but usually not identical. So this is the uh, uniqueness of Stephen Spielberg's film. The next one we are going to talk about today the last point is the modification of dialogue so this is the last point i would like to talk about because these are deep things these are the great things we have to analyze more so now i i hopefully i agree that this episode will continue because it's episode 7 i would like to talk about this episode uh, i'd like to talk about this thing in my upcoming episode 8 and episode 9 as well and the last part we are going to be fun and there is one more additional episode i would love to add on in the last part so what is the modification of dialogues occasionally as we know however since from the speedwork film similar enough to the original comic book to permit a comparison even if the respective dialogue tend to differ in a more or less pronounced manner the section ex- explores possible reasons for such modifications when dialogues are adapted for the screen so this is the main reason another reason why the text from the comic books may not have been used word by word in the screen version is that the language in some sense is slightly old-fashioned and thus unnatural for a present-day scenario and present-day film audience for example Tintin's exclamation in the comic book we shall certainly have plenty of adventures on our treasure hunt from the book the secret of the unicorn this specific style is 
due to the early publication date of the comics in the serial from the Lee Sawyer from 1942 onward and was preserved in these 1974 translations into English while the film generally conserved the atmosphere of the 1940s regarding clothing technology and so on language use was modernized in some dialogue presumably to increase identification a similar reason for the necessity to modify dialogue from comic book for screen adaptation is advanced by lefebvre what lefebvre say that according to him the text in speech pattern are generally not suited for film dialogue and they need some rewriting for instance he argues that superhero comics often use very stylistic and bombastic dialogue which does not work so well in the filmic medium since it may come across as unintentional camp a similar reasoning may have led the screenwriters of the spielberg film to modify the text in the fighting scene between the pirate rit rackham and sir francis haddock captain haddock's predecessor in the original comic the secret of the unicorn the two opponents exchange a considerable amount of speech for instance retreat as you may you cannot escape me it counters by i'll run you through through and prattling purpose the highly dynamic and dramatic style which is reminiscent of stage dialogue or early hollywood swashbuckle was replaced with relatively naturalistic occasional grunts in the film so this is the thing we have to consider that whatever we read on the comic book that cannot be actually put the same exact way on obviously in film in film adaptation so these are the things hopefully in our next upcoming episode we are going to talk about the representation of voice the representation especially the accent and the representation of thoughts and talking animal and obviously the representation of sound i hope everyone everyone will love this particular Uh, episode because this is the fact that we uh, read comic books and whenever we re- read comic books we uh, really enjoy each and every dialogue each and every colorful pages but when we see that our favorite comic heroes and comic characters are on screen and they becomes live we are actually we burst with joy and we really enjoy it not for the children but for the um, adult as well but for the teenagers as well we love those uh, serials those characters uh, they are moving they are running they are talking lively so these are the thing we must uh, consider are very important from the pages to the screen and what are the main difference and what are the similarities and what are the dissimilarities though this is a very theoretical part but i i i hope that everyone will enjoy this particular episode and upcoming episodes as well so good uh, so have a good day and i hope everyone will keep themselves safe from covid-19 so keep listening and keep supporting thank you so much